This week on The Reverse Stick, I usually have a script for this part of the program, but this week I haven't got quite around to it. But there's Women's Champions Trophy, there's Fives, there's World Cups! You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast in stereo. John Oh... My name is John Lee. Your name is Matt, Matt Allen. Allen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have you with us once again with the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. The home of the bully. Yes. What a fantastic week, John. We've got a couple of images came through to us with uh, gentlemen, uh, Scott and Tansy in the UK, sporting their Bring Back the Bully t-shirts. Uh, exclusive t-shirts. They are the cool kids, mate. They are the cool kids. How's your week? Oh, not too bad. Yeah, pretty good. Just a week. Been a, been a quiet hockey week. Been, been a pretty, pretty, pretty quiet hockey week. I played summer seven this evening. A lot of fun. You score another 25 Sco- goals? Scored a couple. Look, we're all a bit rusty this evening, to be fair. But, uh, when I was good, I was very, very oh, good. Every know? week. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, fairly quiet hockey week. Um, eyes have, uh, have have been on the social media, and there's not been too much happening. We've got a few things to bring in this week. We've got an interesting conversation coming up uh, with Brian Lever from the Adaptive Hockey Federation. Uh, no TRS World Eleven interview, but I'll get apologies. To that. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to get that. To that. Uh, there's a few things coming up though. Very swift succession in the next couple of weeks, and uh, why don't we? Check out what's going on here. News. In stereo. Okay, where a do we friend, A few friendly tournaments, not yep. tournaments, a few friendly games. games, build up games for the Men's World Cup we in have particular taking place. Belgium taking on the Netherlands. 3 um, 4 in favour of uh, the Netherlands. Eh? They got over the top of Belgium. Just the one game. So Just the out. one game that was uh, played on Sunday in Brussels, but Belgium also took on Ireland the day before the Saturday uh, in Iver. Is that right? That's right, mate. Oh, well done. Uh, they took on Ireland the day before. 4-1 was the result in favour of Belgium in that particular game. There's also games between France and Belgium coming up in Iver. Uh, today, that game's happening today. The Germans are playing today against Spain as well on the men's side of things. Well, That's France? all going on while we're talking. France? If I go to the match centre, we Fra- can look at the. France has been uh, pretty busy then because they've literally just landed from their series in South Africa, um, which you know you would consider to be um, very happy for those guys. I did see that Mark Hopkins, despite the uh, the. the the results not quite going the way of uh, South Africa was happy with uh, the way the squad had performed. As we've spoken about in the past, it's hard for those South African guys to get together. Um, but uh, ultimately, France 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, and uh, winners in the series in a 2-2 draw in the first game there. Um, yeah, but, you know, France advancing well. And a few of the uh, Saint-Germain boys, the club of Javier Pillions, who joined us last week, hashtag TRS World 11, involved there. Great to see. Now, there's a, uh, a few tournaments coming up, Matt. Where do we start with this? Shall we go? Um, let's go by date, shall we? 
And we'll start with the uh, Central American Hockey Fives Championship. Underway today. It is. As we we've, record, look, Wednesday. We've, we've made our, knowns, uh, our thoughts known on Hockey Fives as far as administrators go, but when it comes to players, players just play. We've said that before. And so in honour of players playing, let's have a look at the tournament. Men's and women's, it's going on in Penula in Guatemala. Now, we were hoping to speak to... Mons, yeah. who is Mon- representing... Mon- Montserrat Barquero, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And captain of the TRS World Eleven, the only actual international uh, player that we've got. Oh, we've got Xavier, you know, playing Masters uh, international hockey, so that's probably a little bit unfair. You mean legitimate international player. Legitimate international player. Nothing, and, uh, not that there's nothing legitimate about Masters, mate. Of course. <laughs> you don't. Let's go. Don't start. Um, but we really wanted to give... Uh, a showcase to hockey in that part of the world and uh, Mons uh, seemed a perfect fit and really keen to spread the word of uh, of Costa Rican hockey yep um, but apparently that's ah. not going to be quite possible is it no so we did have some communications yesterday uh, well her dial up mode wouldn't connect would it the internet ain't that great in Guatemala who'd have thunk it so uh, it's probably not far off Western Australian <laughs> standards at the moment, John. Uh, um, You're at the yeah. wrong end of the of the line there, my friend. So who's playing? Okay, let's uh, first of all, well, let's go through the women because we know Mons is playing there, and um, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Panama will be playing off there. In the men's side of things, it is Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Panama is the same um, five nations and they'll be well actually we should talk about this because it's um, it's a normal round robin it's hockey five so the, it, it, the pool stages are set over um, well not pool stages the round robin set over two days the 14th and 15th so today is where we're recording uh-huh. it starts and we'll get underway fairly soon um, so everybody plays each other over that two days, so Honduras opened the games against Panama, but then they, at 9.30am, then they play at local, and then they play at 1.10pm against Guatemala, uh, so the teams are doubling up every day to, yeah, to yeah. get that all in. What, what interested me most, well, I understand that, interested me most is the way the finals are set up, and this is really interesting. They've got a qualifying final between fourth and fifth after the round robin, so the bottom two teams... We'll, we'll play off for a place in the final. And then, and this is where it gets really interesting. Um, second and third play off in semi-final one. Uh, semi, sorry, semi-final two. Semi-final one is, uh, the fourth versus fifth game. Uh, but then there's a semi, semi-final two. Oh, wait a sec. There's a semi, <laughs> it's written up a bit far. There's actually three semi-finals. So fourth play, um, fifth and then, that game is followed by second versus third, and then the winner of fourth versus fifth game backs up in the last game that day against the team that finished top of the pool. I think the idea is they play lots of hockey, John. Yeah, but it's a really interesting final system, because they almost get a preliminary final in. They get a preliminary final in, but they have it at the beginning of the finals you won't system. Be ha- you won't be happy until the whole world gets preliminary finals. I reckon they are the game. Because by the time you get to the final, a lot of teams, it, the finals tend to be very tight and tough defend games. Yeah. Preliminary finals, teams have, tend to go out more hard and, and to try and win as opposed to not lose. Just my opinion. 
But anyway, that's the um, that's the games going on there. The other interesting thing is five aside, but and I was looking at you get nine people on your team sheet. So uh, there's there's nine players to play the five-a-side game. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, the way hockey is at the moment, it's it's actually nine-a-side. Because all the players spend about the same amount of time on the field, they just get rotated on and off. And that would make modern 11-a-side hockey actually 15-a-side hockey because they all just keep rotating on and off. And unless you're Australia, the goalkeepers, where the goalkeepers do tend to ch- share the game, it, it, it's basically 15 aside. Well, you look, we play summer sevens. We, we, we play summer sevens, and if we're playing against a fellow club side, and there's four blokes sitting on the bench, two from each team, we'll go from seven aside to eight aside, maybe even nine aside, John. You know, tighter space, um, but everyone wants a run, don't they? What's right, the point? So we what, play 16 blokes well, on the field? Well, no, but <laughs> what, 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 what my point was. What, 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 what I'm saying is, um, why do you play hockey? To have a run. You do, and you do, and so would you be even at international level, John? If with all the rotations that happen out of a sixty-minute game, you end up getting about twenty-five minutes. It's not a game, is it? No, I want to play a game of hockey. Get them out there, fatigue. All right, what's the big one coming up starting this weekend, John? Seventeenth, and the seventeenth would be what's that? A Saturday, this Saturday. Indeed. It is. It the might already be last Saturday by the time you hear this. Uh, it's or if you're David Ogden, it could be, you know. Wangley Bow. In two years' time. Sorry. While, while, while I'm doing this, look up Wang. Wangley Bow. Uh, yeah. They're a financial services uh, business. Okay. Um, integrated in, and uh, they're one of those octopus-like organisations. I reckon the Wangley Bow goal of the day at the Men's World Cup sound fantastic. On the World Cup daily? Yeah, yeah. sounds like a great idea. Well, are we going to do it, John? More more news on that coming up in the show. But it is the Wangli Bao Hockey Champions Trophy happening in Shangzhou, Shangzhou, in China, uh, 17th Saturday. You were were so confident with Shangzhou. Shangzhou, Shangzhou. It could be, yeah, I never know with Guangzhou and Guangzhou. Guangzhou, it might be Zhou, actually. It's anyway, in China, and it. it's all the same time John, everywhere in John, China. Don't worry about it. On with the show. Well, that's important for us here in Perth. No, that was a, that was a, that was a funny. Oh, on with the show. Oh, oh yeah, boom, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's not funny when you have to point it out. It's good for us though, though no. that China has the same time all over the country because that time is the same as here us here in Perth. So if you're uh, in the Europe and you're wa- wishing to watch the uh, Ladies Champions Trophy. Uh, start times generally every Probably day. About eight hours behind. Well, there's three yeah, games. Right. Three games a day. Uh, it starts at two p.m. for us here in Perth. So that would be uh, eight hours. Six behind. six a.m. in England. Six a.m. That's the first game of the day. You'll be pleased to know that the final will be played at eighteen thirty. So that's six thirty p.m. Ten thirty in, in the morning. England. That's not a bad time on a Sunday morning. Uh, except it's a Thursday morning. The final will be played. The tournament starts really? on Saturday. Yep. Thursday, uh, they're playing Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Packing it in, and three games a day. And then on the Thursday, fifth versus sixth, third versus fourth, and the final going on. And we said they're the uh, six thirty Perth local time, wherever well, that happens to be in your time scale. Teams are arriving there already. It's only a couple of days away before it starts. Uh, like you'd said before, top four ranked sides in the world involved, and China ranked eleven, and Japan ranked. 14. Well, it'll be interesting because um, we're, we're, this is post-World Cup. We've had a World Cup this year. Well, China are a pro league team, and Japan yeah. are not a pro league team, but their eyes are on... Well, 
I think their eyes are firmly on the Olympics yeah. in, in 2020. But that doesn't mean they're not going to put up a competitive team. They're, they're going to be wanting to play players that they think are going to be capable of taking it to the best teams in the world. That's and good. what a great way to find out. Yeah, a couple, couple of experienced heads in there. The goalkeeper yeah. is 34, 35 and a couple of other, the other players. But mainly a squad around that sort of 22, 23-year-old age group. And that that's interesting. We're looking two years ahead, so if you can keep that group together for for two years, and similar to what Siggy, Siggy Eichmann was saying with the men's side of things, um, it's about keeping that group together and and building together, and that that's obviously the look, the goal, isn't it? Apart from China and great and competition, Japan, you know. Apart from China and Japan, take them top four teams in the world. Uh, there's not one of those coaches isn't going to be wanting to take the best side to that tournament. I wouldn't think. No, it's the way. Given, it's, the, it's the way to finish the year for the Netherlands. It's, yeah. it's 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 about topping off that that World Cup. What a great uh, way to win. finish it. Um, yeah, we've had Commonwealth Games. We've we've had all sorts of tournaments happening through. It's been a lot of women's hockey tournaments happen this there has. year. Um, and the, yeah, the teams have got a point to prove there. And this is almost particularly like the, going into pro league. This is the thing. This is the this is the statement to make now. This, the end of the year, we're we're moving into pro league in January and 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 beyond, and uh, this is this is a real statement. And in respect to the Champions Trophy, I mean, if you ask hockey followers, generally they think that the Champions Trophy is the top six nations in the world. That's what we think it's traditionally been. Now it hasn't always actually well, it has been changed, the and the numbers of the teams have changed. Yeah, over the lots, years. lots yeah, of things yeah. have changed, but the idea that we get at this tournament at least the top four nations in the world, with great respect to China and Japan, but there's going to be serious hockey played because of the nature of it being a Champions Trophy, and uh, you know, we've we've seen top nations playing tournaments where they're not playing their best teams necessarily, or they're both having transitions. Eyes on another prize. Eyes on another prize. That's a great way to put it. This is the prize. So I'm really looking forward to the quality of hockey that will be played. Let's hope we can get our eyes on it, John. And uh, if it's not being broadcast locally... Who's going to challenge the Dutch? Who's going to challenge the Dutch? Look, I think Australia is still a bit experimental. Um, but I think Australia the G- there's a lot of change with the GB. No Matty Hinch in there for GB. Yeah. Um, but remember, those the GB didn't play at the World Cup. It was England, Ireland. They were, they were the, the two English or the two GB representatives, as far as that no, goes. No, Ireland aren't GB representatives. Oh, but there sorry, are some, but, but there. N- players in Northern Ireland can play for for Ireland. But players from Northern Ireland can also play for England. What I mean is it's, it's potentially a different team. Who, are there any people outside of England playing in that Great Britain? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Some okay. great inclusions for Wales and Scotland. Yeah, the, That's yeah, right. Ab- so ab- absolutely, yeah. It's um, it, it, a really yeah. pleasing mix. But, yeah, it's about the time spent together to be able to... Uh, um, it, we've talked about the, the individual home nation mix and the, and the, the wider Great Britain squad... Um, it's all about time together, I think, isn't it? Lots of quality hockey players in there. Oh, they're absolutely. So they'll be the different team that took on the Dutch during the World Cup. I think Australia has the game to take it up to them. Definitely. You know, they proved that in the semi-final. I'd, we've discussed we didn't think they had a great tournament, and there's some holes there, and that, as you say, development team. But they still play the, the style and the way that can put the Dutch under pressure. Um I'll be interested to see who yeah. comes out on top. And don't Looking forget Argentina. To the if they turn it on, anything can happen. 
yeah, a disappointing World Cup for the girls there. And here's the opportunity. I think uh, Florencia Beef was was interviewed on the World Cup daily, and uh, uh, um, Teo said, are, "Are you looking forward to the Pro League?" And she said, "Well." There's another very important tournament between now and then, and that's the Champions Trophy, and they'll they'll be going out all guns blazing. Looking forward to it, and um, of course we've got the big one coming up too, don't we? The big one, the men's. The, well, not because it's Adisha men's. Hockey Men's Part two World Cup of the Hockey World Cup. Should we put it that way? Well, what I love is the fact that already the, we, we're getting the hashtag HWC2018, and that's you know I, I was thinking about that about that earlier in the year. It's a combined Hockey World Cup hashtag, and uh, it's good that all eyes can be on hockey. It doesn't matter if it's the men's game or the women's game whatsoever. Looking forward to it. Lots of great stuff going on in the dish there at the moment. They're really trying to promote the game throughout the country. Lovely to see Ollie the Turtle making his way through the streets. The Turtle? The Turtle. Um, do you want to... That gets underway on the 28th of November, so the... Uh the women's hockey, the, the champions trophy uh, finishes on the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, getting underway on Wednesday. That two, will be. two games a day. Yep. Now there there will be two games a day uh, from uh, Wednesday the 28th, and that goes through all the way through the last of the pool games. Will be on the Sunday, the following Sunday. That's the 9th of December, and then we get into crossovers and quarterfinals, etc. Two games a day, the games will be played, all the pool games will be played at either 1700 local time, that's 5pm local time in um, Bhubaneswar, or 7pm local time. Now, to give you an idea, Matt, for us in, here in Perth, uh-huh. that means the games will be 7.30pm and 9.30pm. So in the UK, that would be 10.30, eight. Uh, well, eight hours difference, 9.30am and uh, 11am. 11.30. 11 a.m. if it's 7 o'clock for us. Okay. Yeah. That's, it's 7.30. Yeah. That's so mor- morning games in Europe. Mor- morning games. Check your local guides. <laughs> figure it out. But that gives you an idea of what time those games are. You can are. go to and Hockey final... Today, John, you can go to hockeytoday.cc yeah. and there's a, a fantastic uh, iCal calendar thing that you can uh, download for tournaments happening all around the world you can also find that on the FIH.ch website there's a, an iCal thing that you can plug in for the big tournaments now there'll be two matches a day all the way through till uh, day 20 uh, what's it no, not day 20 uh, don't say that mate 9th of December so all of the pool games two games a day then we get to the crossover finals there'll be uh, second pool A play third pool B. Second pool B play third pool B pool A. But we've got the jeopardy uh, in this tournament, so f- you the do. bottom of Three. the group drop, drops out yep. and don't progress through. Winner, winner goes through directly to a quarter final uh-huh. and plays the um, the winner of one of the crossovers. One of the crossovers. Yeah. But what it is is winner of pool A, uh, they'll come up against um, the teams that played in their own pool. It's not quite a true crossover in my head, the way I figure. You know, I would have thought the winner of Pool A would play teams that crossed over in Pool C and D. Uh-huh. If you, yeah. But it doesn't work that way. Interesting to note, there is one rest day. 
uh, after the uh, the quarterfinals are held on the 13th of December, the Thursday. So that'll be the first from all of the pools will have played the winners of all the pools. So we'll come down to just four winners after those four games. And they will be the semi-finals played on the, the Saturday and then on the Sunday, the bronze medal and gold medal matches. Now, if you want to have... I'm looking forward to the coverage of that. If you want to have a bit of interest, a bit of skin in the game, as it were, for the, uh, the Men's Hockey World Cup in Adisha, um, get on to score.com. There's a Dream Team competition. There's some great prizes from Griffin Hockey up there to win. I think it's a uh, top prizes. Two years Griffin sponsorship, John, so you could get oh, at least four sticks to break in that time, I'm sure. Um, yeah, get on to the Dream Team. We will have a the reverse stick uh, mini-league happening on there, so if you want to get involved with that, you can just drop us a line. Of course, you can get in touch with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter, all at the reverse stick. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And just before we get to our featured interview, Matt, which won't be too far away, uh, just going through those pools for people uh-huh. playing at the World Cup. Pool A, Spain, New Zealand, France and Argentina. Pool B will be Ireland, England, China and Australia. Pool C is South Africa, India, Canada and Belgium. And Pool D, Pakistan, Netherlands, Malaysia and Germany. Oh, you gonna, you gonna pick Mouth? No, no, not at all. No, but I am gonna do the dream team on the scored and try and pick the players. I am, obviously I'm gonna have to do, do the stats on it. I reckon, uh, Javier that we spoke to last week, obviously he's the man behind hockeyman.net and, uh, a bit of a pioneer for dream teams, uh, in, in the hockey world. Uh, he did very well in the competition, uh, that we ran the Atlas dream team and, uh, and stepped away from being one of the prize winners because he's he's quite astute with that sort of stuff. So, well, I'm, I want to test look out for look out for him. See what he picks, and you know, may, maybe leave no, it a bit I, late to put I, your team. I in. think the punters want to hear what you think. So let let me at least set you a small task. All right, go on. Who misses out from the following All pools? Right. Okay, Spain, New Zealand, France, and Argentina. Who misses out? France, Spain, New Zealand, New Zealand miss out. Yeah. They're gone. I'll put a cross through them. Matt's predictions for the first round. Oh, dear. Pool B. You know where to follow the money. It's not in my direction. <laughs> Pool B. Ireland, England, China, Australia. China miss out. China miss out. Okay. We've got Pool C. South Africa, India, Canada and Belgium. Tyron's listening. Oh, he is. Oh, you know... No, I'm going to say different to what I said to you the other day. Yeah, Canada miss out. Ooh. Okay, we're going across. I'm not convinced Canada. on that one though. Fair not convincing. Enough. Pool D: Pakistan, Netherlands, Malaysia, Germany. Deep breath. Malaysia, they crumble. Ooh. <laughs> who's going to who's going to beat India though if they? Like it. That's just the, that's the way of the world, John. And uh, Roland oh, Al- no. Ro- Roland Altman get the sack, gets the sack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I, I think new coach um, of China. I think I disagree with you in Pool A. I think France will be uh, France will be the one that misses out there in Pool B. Ireland, England, China, Sorry, and Australia. Got to agree with you. Oh, I think China might miss out. Uh, pool C. 
South Africa, India, Canada and Belgium uh, look uh, I, no, Belgium don't go out in the first round. They, they usually wait to the semi-finals. For about, don't they? I think I'll go for South Africa there. Point of difference with uh, Matt, although now we've got two points of difference. Um, <laughs> and uh, Paul D. Pakistan, Netherlands, Malaysia and Germany. Do you want... I'm going the upset. I'm going Germany to miss out there. Mm. I'm going Germany Di- to miss out. It's not dietary related, your decision there, is it? No, it's Because if you're building your dream team, do think about that. Think about the, uh, <laughs> the, the fortitude. The no, they might have had a few too many probiotics, the German boys. Well, or, yeah. Avoid the local pizza, because there are no pizza shops to order in from, John. So if you ordered pizza in, yeah. it's not real pizza. Well, it's not from Italy. Well, <laughs> there's no pizza shops, so how could you order pizza in? Okay. Good to know that. Yeah. Head back to episode 40-something. Mm, Look, really looking forward to... Do we make the announcement now, or do we wait? We wait, we wait. Okay. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and joining us this week, Brian Lever uh, from the Rygate Priory Hockey Club, but also from Adaptive Hockey Federation uh, we've mentioned it a couple of weeks ago Brian thank you so much for joining us and thanks for sharing the story of adaptive hockey no thank you for having me now you know let, let, let's start we didn't, didn't say too much about it a couple of weeks ago um, but what's the premise behind adaptive hockey um, adaptive hockey is giving players either new or established a platform to play adaptive uh, hockey who have physical disabilities. Um, at the moment, you've got para hockey LD, which is the highest level of para hockey you can play, which is soon to be played at a Paralympic level, uh, is for players with only learning disabilities. Uh-huh. Um, you then have flyers hockey, which is a 100% inclusive for disabilities, i.e. there's no classifications, everyone's welcome but exclusive at a club level. It's not transferable between able-bodied and disabled. Uh Um, And that is for people with physical disabilities, but it doesn't really hit the profile of hockey. Um, The rules are so up in the air, it's a bit confusing, hence why there's no transfer. Um, What we've done is we have worked closely with a lot of hockey international federations and developed a highly competitive... Um, hockey format for players with physical disabilities such as amputees uh, visually impaired, deaf players that are already playing uh, able-bodied hockey at open-minded clubs but because of their disabilities they're never going to make that top tier of hockey even though they've got the skill set to do it Um, we're giving them that platform that elite level you can say to play at and represent their county, their country their club just fantastic you know it's uh, and it makes a lot, a lot of sense and you, you talk about a lot of these guys are playing at the club level already um what what's the um what's the, what's the structure for you moving forward with international teams and and being involved in in tournaments and tours um, how do you get involved with it? um basically the best way to get involved with it is to contact your your Countries federation uh, so i.e. the Italians they've got it all set up the, uh, the de- de- uh, Belgium you can contact their federation and they will kind of channel you where you need to go with 
us in England, we're completely separated from England hockey uh, for the time being, hopefully. Um, and then, so you, you can find us through our own social media. Um, you just Google adaptive hockey or para hockey, and stuff comes up. And you just find a local club to yourself, get involved, get playing, um, keep your ear to the ground, find out when the workshops and the training camps are. And you just turn up, you play, you network, you, you know, you get more, the more playing time you get at a club level, uh, the more likely you are to get picked up by the international team or your cap, your regional team if you're lucky enough to have a regional team. Um, and then we've got, for example, England's got matches next year against a couple of international squads. So we've got a tour to Holland, uh, we've got matches against Belgium. We're actually in discussion at the moment about playing the Scottish able-bodied team for a friendly. Um, and then all this is building up for hopefully a World Championships in 2021. Incredible. So, so what's, what's your involvement then, Brian? How, how, how are you involved and what, what's the, uh, the, the roots of, of the organisation? Um, the roots of the organisation are quite shallow at the moment. Uh, we're brand new. Um, this all comes about after watching the women's event in London a few months ago, um, they showcased para hockey there. And a group of us who are all para athletes um, in our normal sports um, kind of sat there and watched it and went, well, we all play hockey in the off-season and we didn't even know para hockey existed. So we went along to see if we were eligible to play and got told, sorry, it's for learning disabilities only, go to, go to Flyers hockey. So we did. Uh-huh. And we went, this isn't really hockey, no offence. Um, so we went, well, this kind of sucks, we're, we're left out. Um, so we spoke to some, we did some networking, spoke to various organisations, and they went, well, there's a gap in the market here, fill it. So we have. Um, I, you know, I'm an amputee, below knee on the left side, and I'm a goalkeeper for my club, and um, there was... They they were saying that there's this has never happened before. A lot of players turn up, they play, they kind of stagnate because there's nowhere for them to go. So after we spoke to a few clubs and realised actually this would keep players in hockey, um, we decided to get on board with a few organisations and we made made the call to make the team, um, and it's just snowballed from there. Um, more and more people are coming board each day. More and more countries are contacting us each week saying that they want to get involved and how can they. Um, and we're really kind of driving this forward. Um, and it's just basically snowballed kind of out of control in the last couple of months. Amazing. Brian, are there any modifications to the rules at all? Or is it essentially just normal hockey played by a group of people that have different abilities than the rest of us? Um, I'd I'd love to say there was no modifications at all, um, but unfortunately there is. Um, We've kept it as standard as possible, but for players with hearing impairment, um, whereas the coaches in hockey have to stay within a certain perimeter, we've allowed for a mobile coach up and down each touchline who can sign to the player if needed. Apart from that, there's one or two rules about, you know, um, playing the advantage for foot, uh, ball to foot, um, ball to a prosthesis. It's really hard to move a prosthesis <laughs> as quickly as you need. 
Um, I, I always trip over. You see, you see a lot of amputees tripping over hockey balls, um, simply because these blades are great, but they're really hard to stop once you start running. Uh, so being able to pick your foot up when it's still springing forward, uh, if you know, for example, if you put the ball into the player's prosthesis on purpose, uh, it's down to the umpire's discretion whether oh. they give the penalty or not. Um, but if the players were inside the 25 metre line or the D, and they put the blade in front of the ball on purpose, it's an instant penalty. It's a lot of it's down to umpires' discretion, hence why we're only really at this moment approaching senior umpires to have got that experience to make those calls on the on the fly. You you mentioned uh, the prosthesis there, and I, I I hadn't even considered that you guys might be using that sort of technology. I mean. You've come a long way in short time in being able to provide mobility that is, um, you know, at least is equal to what people with two legs could do. Um, yeah, well, the great thing is a lot of healthcare around the world now provides prosthesis at a decent level. Um, but the way we've set it up is you don't need a state-of-the-art running blade to play. You play with what you've got, um, and especially the upper limb amputees or impairments their prosthesis are on the national health system are quite uh, they're quite ancient in the way they, they set them up they, because to get the decent ones cost a lot of money, you're looking at 110 grand for a decent wow. arm um, so you don't have to have an upper limb prosthesis to play you can adapt how you hold the stick as long as you're not playing with the reverse side of the stick um, how you hold it, how you play with it, it's down to you as the player. Oh yeah, um, well, look, we, we, just we've played we've played with players with one one arm, um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember playing years ago in uh, a British universities thing against a lad from Lewis Hockey Club, and he was a one arm player, apparently a very good golfer as well, but he was a fantastic hockey player, just had great timing and and had all of the control and the strength to be able to do it one handed, it regardless. Oh yeah, no. I've come across some um, a lot of players who have upper upper limb impairments, who are absolute ninjas of sticks. Yeah. And uh, you watch them, and they're so fast as well. Yeah. Um. You know, I was I was talking I was talking to one of the prem teams the other day, and they were saying their pre-season match they played against a team that had a player who, like you said, one armed, and they couldn't keep up with him. And then when he did get the ball, he was he was so good on it. And the way he controlled the stick to block passes and mark the player, he used his body a lot more than yeah, the stick. Yeah, but he was yeah, he yeah. was so he was so technical about where he stood yeah. um, and how he played the player. Um, he was like you couldn't get past him anyway. So you'd think our oh, attack is weak side, but the way he stood and the angle that he stood at, there was no weak side. You either got the stick or you got the player, um, and it's. That's the great thing about hockey. It pushes the fundamentals, which most people overlook. You can't afford to overlook when you're playing with, an, with an, a disability. You've got to focus on all the technique and everything that makes a great player. And with the people that are coaching us, Evo Hockey, they're, they're drilling that into the guys that you can't afford to get sloppy with what you're doing and how you want to do it. You've got to focus really hard on the technique. Um, and that's how our players are overcoming their disabilities. Brian, you mentioned that you, you sort of had two groups of people that that were joining up with you, and that was people that had been out of the game for a while, maybe because of their disability, but also 
guy, well, people that were um, currently playing the game with their disability. Uh, did you have? Did you find there was a problem maybe talking them to come and try try out your program because they were already playing hockey anyway? Um, there was a lot of them didn't want to go down the segregation route um, because at the moment all para hockey is segregated away from able bodied hockey and. We spent a lot of time talking to these players and persuading them that there's no segregation here. Um, you play with your team, and you train with your team all the time. Um, you get called up to play for us and come to the training camps as and when we have a match. Um, and after a bit of kind of practice and a bit of getting used to the system, these players went, actually, the coaching I'm getting from the adaptive hockey is improving my club level hockey. Yeah. Um, and you found the clubs are actually pushing them to come and train with us because they were getting, you know, we have international players and international coaches who were basically improving these players and the clubs were going, our player goes away for a weekend, comes back and knows loads of stuff that we didn't teach them. Yeah. So you then get the clubs involved. Um, so it took a little bit of persuading players to come and join us, but now they're on board it's just getting more and more. The players who have never played hockey, it's first getting them into a club and finding an open-minded club, um, and then we get them on board with us. We don't just drop them into the deep end with us straight away. Um, we get them onto an open day, a fun day sort of thing, and then we at, we find them one or two clubs in their op- in their local area that are happy to have them, and because it's quite shocking the amount of clubs in the UK that aren't open-minded enough to accept a player with a hearing loss or a, a, you know an amputee or something. Um, so we have to pick the right club for the right person. And then once they come to us and go, actually, hockey's fun, I can see myself doing this. We They go to the club and they start training more and more. And it's when the club feels that they are of a standard, they send them back to us. Well, first and foremost, Brian, um, I find it quite upsetting that there might be clubs that aren't welcoming everybody in because we are a broad hockey family and we're, we're pretty good at this sort of stuff um so what's your clarion call to to clubs what are you what are you looking for from from a club to um to be more inclusive just just an open-minded approach um you know i i've i've experienced it firsthand um people are scared of change um, for example, when I rocked up, I took four years out of hockey. Um, when I came back, I went straight back to the club that I f- used to play for and went, you know, I threw my goalkeeping pads on and said, let's go. And they went, you've only got one leg. <laughs> yeah, and? and? It was like they made pre-season training incredibly awkward um, and hard um, and it's breaking down that barrier and eventually I just kind of threw in the towel and went to Rygate, where I am now, who are extremely open-minded. And uh, now the former club's gone, actually, if they're accepting you, we'll accept you back if you want. <laughs> uh, and it's along the lines of, hang on a moment, um, that's not how it works. Um, it, you just, we just ask the clubs to give people a chance and for the coaches to accept the fact that it's not one criteria that meets every player. So a player might not be as swift on their feet, as the rest of their team but if you play that player correctly and you coach them correctly you might be able to make that player fit a role um, so it's it's having the open-mindedness to 
mould the role around the player, not the player around the role. If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Brian, I, I can understand why someone who's perhaps missing... Um, an arm or a leg or someone who's uh has another physical disability be it deaf or whatever it may be might struggle to reach great heights in the hockey world as far as ever playing internationals but i understand how they can still play a a great level of hockey but i want to ask you as a goalkeeper could could you ever see a guy uh, and a, a below the knee amputee such as yourself being a, a goalkeeper at the international level I mean, do, you, do you notice enough between the, uh, having a prosthetic leg and not having a prosthetic leg on one side or the other as being a hindrance to you in goalkeeping? Um, I don't see it as a big problem. Um, I, I set myself a challenge that when I came back, I was going to go as high up hockey as I can. Um, so when I first came, it was a case of, you know, no one wanted me. Um, and then when it was well you can come but you can play for our sevens and then you can play for our fives and now I'm <laughs> playing for men's twos um, and I'm I, I am chasing down that national one goalie spot for in our men's one team the only problem I have is the ability to kick the ball with my left leg uh, I can't aim it where I want it to go as well you're not the lone uh, ranger right there mate <laughs> you're not the lone um, ranger no and when I Occasionally, if it's a you know, occasionally if I go to ground and I'm doing this, you know, I do the splits to save a shot. The annoyance of getting back up because I can't just jump back up if my left leg's the one that's extended out. Yeah. Um, they're the only they're the only two things I kind of find a little bit awkward. Um, but I've I've seen some cracking goalkeepers who are have disabilities. It won't be long before an, an open-minded. Prem coach or national Div 1 coach or even an international coach goes, well give that guy a crack um, because there is no difference, it's all about mentality and if you've got the right mentality in the coach and the right mentality in the player, you've got yourself an elite level player. No, if, you're good, if, you're good, if you're good enough you should be there shouldn't you? I'm intrigued, yeah. I'm intrigued about how you attach your kickers and your, your pad to your left leg um, I don't use a blade when I'm in goal um, oh. simply because of the mechanics of it won't work right. I use a standard prosthesis um, I did try and use a blade and it went horribly horribly wrong um, well I think so maybe, maybe we should speak to the, the good people at Mercy and Hockey to see if they can work at some ad- adaptive gear to to fit the best thing for the athlete oh, would it work? Um, Mercy, and, Mercy and Hockey are fully on board of us um, you know speaking to Simon quite regularly um the blade isn't the best kit for a goalkeeper. It gives too much energy back. You want to be be able to basically bounce around on your feet without getting bounced. You want to be the one doing the moving, not being moved. Uh-huh. Um, when you're using a blade, it gives back too much energy, um, so it won't work. So um, too springy, like it's like you springy, want your pads. Yeah. yeah, you want you want hot, you know, high kicking pads. You don't want a high kicking leg. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's not possible to attach goalie pads to a blade, but I have made adaptations to my normal prosthesis to keep my my pads that I'm currently using attached. I bet you love your um, gaffer tape. Gaffer tape's great. <laughs> I've got ratchet straps. Um, <laughs> you name it, I've Two got it. It doesn't help the fact that I'm using um, 
cult size pads at the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm using kid size pads on an adult size fake leg. It's um, an interesting one to see. Uh, Brian, what what do you use day to day? Do you just wear a normal prosthetic that we would see any normal uh, amputee wearing? It depends what I'm up to. Um, if I'm walking around lots of sites or I'm, I'm covering great distance on foot, I'll mostly rock the blade. Um, um, but, at, you know, normal, at the moment, I've got my, pros- my standard prosthesis on. Uh, it all depends what I'm doing. I'm quite fortunate I've got quite a few legs uh, and uh, for different, different activities. <laughs> oh, mate. Sounded like a guitar collector now. Um, how much and how much is this setting you back? Like, do you have a leg that you just wear for for pads? Um, no, I use my standard day leg for pads. Um, I couldn't afford, you know, um, my legs are ridiculously expensive. I can yeah. mortgage a house on the cost of them. Yeah, um, mine have so been insured for millions as well. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, but yours are good. We're not, talking, we're not talking that much. <laughs> um, but no, um, there is a few especially upper limb guys, they've got custom-made prosthesis for hockey, which we're lucky are covered by the NHS. Talking to some of the foreign players, they they are speaking to one guy out in Italy the other day, and he spent 17 grand (gasps) on an an arm that allowed him to hold a hockey stick. So uh, I I actually play in a team this year. We won our, our grand final with a guy who plays with one arm, and I played with him for a, a long time. Um, and as you say, like he, he's a really good hockey brain. This guy is a great player, and you give him a little bit of advantage, and he takes it a long way. But um, I'm interested in what a, a prosthetic arm you would... what sort of arm they would have as an attachment to use. Is it a hook arrangement, or...? Um, it kind of depends on the individual person. Um as I've seen a few, I've seen one that is kind of like a rounded hook, because um, part of the rules, no sharp edges. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I've seen others that kind of have a grasp on it. So it all depends. I've seen one which was really, really insane. The 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 adaption wasn't on the arm; it was on the stick. So right. down the shaft of the stick, there was basically what looked like cup holders, ah. um, and he put his residual limb from his arm, well, from his hand, actually, because the guy only had, I think he lost most of his fingers in an accident, he put his uh, his gloved hand into the cup holder-looking right. device, ah. which gave him the ability to put pressure down through the stick. Um, so he had a couple for different, length, uh, different heights of the stick, depending on what shot he was taking, and one on the reverse side of the stick for if he was receiving the ball from a short corner. Okay. Well, that, and that's that was something really he made solely himself. There's a, there's a mind for you. Yeah, Jeez. that's ticking along that one. Uh, mm. And is there a difference between, uh, and I'm talking about uh, people with upper um, upper limb amputations, between blokes that have uh, a Sorry, left apologies, right, Brian. A lot, lot of questions here for you. <laughs> a hell of a lot it's of questions. All right. no, it's I, I find it's fascinating. People just... Yeah, it, it is. It is when you break down what we're doing, not yeah. just on a social level, but on an engineering level. Um, it's it's breathtaking that some of these players take to the field. That's exactly it's, right, and put the time and effort in to ha- make these things happen to get out on the field. Oh yeah, um, it's incredible. oh yeah, it's great, and it's 
it's also the amount of time our the coaches put in. Um, just you know, just looking at it on the UK side of things, uh, Evo Hockey that do all our coaching, um, the amount of time they put in adapting drills, uh, adapting the roles of the player, how a player with this disability can do that job, they they spend hours sat there looking at video of a standard you know defensive player and then they go well we've got players with this disability how can we mold that to do that job um and then you go well they the amount of effort that goes into it just to make it productive and to make it efficient it's it is crazy well tell us about evo hockey and about some of the ambassadors you've got on board for adaptive hockey uh, Evo, well, Evo Hockey is a coaching organisation that covers most of the country, but primarily the South. Um, they run. And this, camp- this is England. Uh, sorry for our, for our global yeah, yeah. audience out there. We're, yeah. we're talking to you from the UK. Yeah, Evo is an international company, um, but they run the majority of their camps in the South of England. The, uh, although they are going to South Africa next year on a tour. Um, they pull all their coaches from various international teams. Um, so they work closely with us and they are providing the coaching infrastructure for us. So they are putting their years of coaching experience into helping us change hockey, adaptive hockey anyway, because they're, they're, they're all about changing the way kids are coached in hockey. So it made sense to have such an open, open-minded company as Evo partnered with us because uh-huh. you need to be open-minded to make something like this work. Um, we also have Performance Elite, which is another company based out of uh, South East London. Um, they work very closely with a lot of international Olympians. Um, they're looking after the well-being of our athletes, the physical fitness, the strength conditioning, because... One thing you learn quickly when you start playing with para-athletes is the smallest of injury, which an able-bodied player might just shrug off, affects a, an adaptive player so much. Uh-huh. Um, for example, if I strain my right ankle, I'm done. Yeah. I can't walk. Um, and the same goes for these guys. If they, you know, if you've got only one limb and uh, one arm, and you tear a bicep or something in that only one arm you've got. You, you, you're done. You can't do anything. Yeah. So stuff for uh, driving, stuff for work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So performance elite are keeping our players in one piece. Um, and then we've got things like uh, Nikki Alexander from Scotland. Uh-huh. She's an ambassador for us. Uh, we have Joe from Wales. She's also working with us. They're helping to promote our programs in Wales and Scotland, as well as coaching the England team. Um, We've just picked up Liam Sanford. He's just joined us as our military sports ambassador. So he's going to help us push adaptive hockey in the um, military uh-huh. family and aim it towards veterans and serving personnel. Um, we're talking about having a partnership with Hockey for Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, because our overall ambition for this is we're, we're not overly interested in the Paralympics. Um, let them do their own thing. Um, we really want to go down the Invictus route mm-hmm. and get hockey out there playing played 
on a more regular basis and we think by a lot of our guys are veterans and ser- wounded service personnel so why not deliver this service to them so by partnering with Hockey for Heroes and starting that negotiation with Invictus we're hoping to spread this to the wider hockey community um, so they're, they're our ambassadors at the moment um, we have a couple of other countries coming on board soon so I was in talks with Canada the other day um, they're doing an adaptive hockey month so all of December they're, they're promoting adaptive hockey Brilliant. Um, we're in talks with France and Russia um, they're interested in getting on board uh, Holland's already doing it Sounds Belgium's like you, sounds already like doing it you should it. be taking care of the Brexit negotiations to be honest Brian Oh, it'd be done by now. <laughs> I'd, just, I, I think I'd just get my coaches to do it. You know, I'm too busy deal, you know, working. Let these guys do it. Um, yeah, no, it's sorry. It's great. We, we have a lot of um, people coming forward and asking to be ambassadors, and we're not gonna. We, we've got a mentality that we won't say no to anyone who can bring something to the party. Um, so come, you know, we're we're going down the route now of looking for corporate partners to try and get the team everything they need to be successful um, so we're kind of taking the same approach there we want people that are involved for the long run not the short haul uh, if you can see this being a success and you're invested in this and you you can see that by opening hockey up to people with physical disabilities is going to only promote hockey for everyone um, because we were talking to the Home Office the other week and they reckon by 2020 there's going to be about 13.9 million people living in England alone that fall into our classification bracket. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So if you can open up hockey to at least 1% of them, you've just basically doubled the amount of people in, Eng- in England alone that play hockey. And I think we would all agree between us that, OK, we're not talking necessarily super elite level hockey here either no. are we I mean no. we're just talking you know knock it about at a club at a weekend yeah that's right um, you know you can turn a lot you know we've got people that get involved and go I don't want to play elite level I don't really want to come to all the camps can I still be involved and yeah. you're like of course you can mate you know, we run two, so- two socials a year which you turn up you play a couple of hours of hockey and you have a barbecue and a beer at the end of it go to your club train as much as you want to train play as many games as you want to play and yeah. make the most of their social calendar we, we, talk, we, we, talk, we talk about this a lot on the show is that there's a changing attitude from being a, a, a full time member of a club um, to uh, having a bit more flexibility in there a bit more social hockey a bit more of a 12 month thing to be able to dip in and dip out and um, we need to be a bit more oh dear I'm going to say it, adaptive uh, as 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 a, as a sport and, a, and and as clubs, um, and this just no, you know, this joins the mix, Brian. It, it joins in with walking hockey. It joins in with back to hockey. It joins in with para ID hockey, and then it just joins in with everything we try to do as as clubs with the hockey in the hockey world. Exactly, and I, I you know I have to kind of be part of a club that's open because I spend my summer months racing kayaks. Um, so between you know, over the summer they don't see me at all, and then when it starts getting winter and the racing season's over, I kind of toddle back and go, "Hi, it's me again." 
um, because I'm very rarely available during, you know, from Easter weekend till, you know, only a couple of weeks ago. I was training seven times a week, making a boat go fast. Um, yeah. So you've got to understand that people's real lives take priority over hockey um, because no one's ever really going to get make a, pay the mortgage playing hockey, are they? So, <laughs> Mate, the pro league is coming. The pro league is coming. Pro <laughs> means yeah, professional, yeah, 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 yeah. Brian. It means professional. <laughs> I, believe that. I believe it when I see it. So, um, you know, people want to be able to dip in and out. They've got other priorities. Um, and we do promote that massively. Um, make make of use our services as much as you want to use it. Be as active in the organisation as you want to be. Um, and if this season you only want to socialise, and next season you want to play some matches, then next season step it up. If you play matches this season and next year you just want to socialise, well, don't come to as many training sessions. Yeah, just get involved. Um, just get involved. Get out there playing. Um, now, if, if the worst case, you make some friends. That's. Well, if people want to get involved, Brian, how do they get involved? I I understand you're very active on the social medias, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. What are your handles? Uh, so we are hashtag adaptive hockey. Um, so we're at adaptive hockey on Twitter. Uh, we're at adaptive hockey on Instagram, and I believe we are at England Adaptive Hockey Federation on Facebook. There you go. Um, and if somebody wants to get know, in, somebody wants to get in touch direct with you, uh, if they want to get directly in touch with us, it's adaptive hockey at outlook dot com. Or if you go to the Evo Hockey website, all our contact information and the link to register with us is on there. Fantastic. Oh, Brian, look, look the work you're doing is fantastic. Uh, anything that gets more people involved with the game and keeps them involved with the game, we're all in favour of. Cheers, thank you. Fantastic work, Brian. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we're behind, we're behind you. We're there on the camp- campaign trial and we'd love to hear, um, of the progress oh, over, over the coming months. We, we might even know someone that you could get in touch with here in Australia that'd be happy to put his hand up as, say, some sort of Australian captain to help you out. <laughs> he'd, he'd, surely, well, he'd certainly go on the selection committee, I reckon. Well, we were trying to get hold of a, Australia at the moment, but they're not very good at returning their emails. Oh, well, we'll, we'll put you on to someone that knows how to return an email. Don't, don't worry about that. And, and he, he's got a habit of um, making his voice heard and annoying people in Bose's account. I look forward to speaking to him. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you, Brian. All the best. Thank you. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. And that was Brian Lever from Adaptive Hockey. What a fantastic story, John. Um, so many questions to ask, and what great <laughs> answers from Brian with it as well. And hopefully you found that as riveting, uh, listeners, as, as we did. And uh, if you know someone that would be interested in the program Brian's running or extending that program into another country, why not get in touch? That's it. You need you need to find out how. Did you write just, down just those record, links? Uh, that's okay. Just rewind 45 seconds. You'll be right on it. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, let's... Uh, oh, good three clicks of the 15 seconds. He probably goes 60 now, so four clicks. It was great talking to him after the interview because uh, we, we kept going for a while and had a chat to him. And, uh, Unlike us. Really interesting story. Great fellow, and we'll hopefully be speaking and uh, talking more about that in the future. We wish Adaptive Hockey every success. Yes. Now, Next. John, we've got a bit of a list. Okay. 
go. We're, uh, yeah. I've got to stand up, don't I? That's right. I'm oh, sorry, I sat down. Yeah, we're still, yeah, stand up. We're, stand we're, up. We're, we're, full, we're going full energy. Energy. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. Richard Simon's version. We recorded late last week and we were kind of flagging a bit by the end of the show, so. We're up stand, and at we're, we're up and at him. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! 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 Go yeah, Yankees. Uh, where do we start? Pakistan. There is sponsorship. There is light at the end of the tunnel for the Pakistan men's national side. I'm not sure if it's the men's national side or Pakistan hockey, but, uh, regardless, 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 some of the fears that we've had of late have been negated. There's a major sponsor on board until 2020. Higher Pakistan are, uh, have stepped up to the plate. They're going to take care of the team costs. And, uh, all the way up to the Olympics, I think, you know, I think that, that will be a win for Hyatt. Yeah, I think they're, uh, white, white, white goods, yeah, um, yeah. Washing ele- machines. Ele- electricals, H-A-I-E-R. Um, so, thanks for getting on supporting hockey there. Yeah. There's a Pakistan Hockey League starting as well, John, that's coming up. Um, when's look, that coming up? Go, go back to that, cause, uh, look, fe- I think fe- February is the, uh, are the dates that are slated for it at the moment. What's going on with, uh, Pakistan? Pro League is are they still in? They're is still it? in. No, we mentioned I, last week they've, they've, they've got the countries they'll be playing their home games in. Um, you thought you saw a tweet or something well, this some week? Well, some tweet coming out this week about Pakistan. Oh, look, I might have got confused. I'll, I'll do more research. I couldn't find be it tonight. Agent. But uh, Pakistan's involvement was um, questioned in, in, in a in a question to a um, a tweet put out by Pakistan, and I haven't seen, haven't been able to find it out. Okay, anyway. so you're bringing us nothing here, but you think there might be something uh, along the lines I of... I think there's still things bubbling are, away. Are Pakistan going to be playing Hockey World well, League? Um, hockey World League, where, where am I? I'm, I'm sort of so two years ago, man. You're so standing uh, pro, pro League or, uh, or Hockey Series Open. Well, I think any of that sort of uh, questioning might have been put to bed by the announcement of this sponsorship package. I would assume that this goes, if it's three years, it goes beyond just... I think you know. it's fantastic. Hire are a fantastic brand. You know what, John? Have I'm you got pro- one? I'm, well, no, I'm due for a new dishwasher soon, and I think, you know right. what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy Hire, and I'm going to buy Pakistan hockey. Are you? I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> Even if the Australian made one, 600 bucks cheaper, you're buying it. I'm buying it, mate. Yeah. Hire all the way. And my next TV, that'll be a Toshiba TV. Why is that? Because there's great support for England hockey. Are they Toshiba? Yeah, and my next car will be a Hero Motorcorp car. No, More to come on that. Can you buy uh, one? Can you buy a Hero in Australia? I'm, I'm getting sure it imported, can. mate. I've, it's coming, and I'm going to be driving it. Yeah, okay, good. Looking forward to that. I'm going to be able buy, to uh, pay them from your. When uh, I build a house, I'm going to use tacker steel. <laughs> There's no ulterior motive here, folks. Okay. Let's All right. Other going. things around the hockey world. Um, oh, look. Lots of great hockey podcasts coming out at the moment, John. There we is. mentioned last week the hockey family have got their first one up with Jamie Dwyer. Um, also with Jamie Dwyer talking with TK. Check that one out. It's a good interview with Jamie Dwyer. Um, there's a couple of other Jamie Dwyer interviews up <laughs> online at the moment as well. Jamie's very quiet, uh, very quiet, <laughs> very, very vocal in the um, uh, broadcast media at the moment. So check out what Jamie's up to. Um, buy sticks. Um, Ashley Nelson, former Hockey Roo, 
commentator. Well, there we go. I'm going to get to that uh, podcaster. Her Oops. Women in Sport podcast, the yes. latest version great of stuff. that's out with Fiona Boyce, uh, former hockey roo. And really interesting story. story too, great, yeah. great story. Great journey. Um, check that out. W I S P podcast, or check out Ash Nelson's uh, Twitter feed. Uh, Grant Schubert nominated. Uh, no. Let me guess. Uh, Thirty-one. Is it episode thirty-one? Oh, 32, 31. Well, there's a tie-in with Pakistan, isn't there? Because obviously Grant was off to go and play in those uh, the few was, th- those yeah, first yeah, few yeah, games yeah. to get international players back into playing in Pakistan, and uh, we're you know on the the crescent of uh, the December hockey series open. So there's been great moves that were started out by Grant. But anyway, Grant's been uh, accepted or inducted into the. South Australian Sporting Hall of Fame that just happened this week well done Grant and uh, of course if you need any uh, aerial photography work done uh, (laughs) in the wider (laughs) Perth metropolitan or Western Australian area get in touch with Grant we can send you the links through for that but yeah Ash Nelson marriage celebrant yes I don't don't know if that's a new thing and obviously uh, a very talented young lady Tristan Clemens, also uh, uh, another Australian hockey representative, a marriage celebrant as well. Is there something going on there? I, did, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. But, Do you think uh, uh, we could get Ashley in to marry us to the game? Ash Nelson to uh, what, a, a, a civil ceremony? Yeah, we could get married to the game. I, I'm, well, I'm starting to believe that my missus thinks that I'd actually do that. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah. She's starting to wonder, especially after that World Cup and that daily announcement. Can't say there's a lot, been a lot of joy in the Lee household uh, since then. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Uh, okay, let's, let's skip on. Oh, well, what announcement, John? This is a personal sacrifice we're about to make here. Hang on, what announcement? Are you making an announcement, John? I'm, I'm making an announcement that my relationship is seriously on the rocks because we're doing the World the Cup Day! day. Once again, for the Men's uh, World Cup this time from Bavanaswa. Uh, after the success of the Women's World Cup daily. Well, last week we uh, debated it on air. And we, uh, we said we'd, we'd, we'd put it out there on uh, on the socials. Uh, we needed 25 retweets on, on Twitter and 50 likes on Instagram and, and, uh, and on Facebook. Didn't quite do it on Facebook, but you know, Facebook's for old people, John. <laughs> you know. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm it is, so, seriously. I'm so old, I um, Like 40 plus retweets. You know, we, we were enthused. Oh my goodness. Uh, the support that we got from you guys out there was just, it was humbling. John, Every one it? of it our listeners has obviously responded. It was fantastic. And uh, we really appreciate the support. Now, we did get into, uh, let's not call it a spat, but we were, we were questioned by uh, those upon a high, weren't we, John? Were we? About what? On Twitter. You're using the wrong graphic. Um, Yeah, well... Is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about, John. Um, Look, I searched high and low for the official uh, men's Hockey World Cup, Adisha Hockey World Cup um, imagery, logo, whatever you want to call it, and uh, I did check out the FIH website, went to the, uh, um, the media page, Media assets where you'd hope to find the logos, it's, you know, all the things. So you don't have to just pull it off Google. Cause anyway, you do that. So, I went to, so I went to Google. I went yeah. to Google. Um, so, so, searched through, found this beautiful image, um, 
Beauty um, being in the eye of the beholder. Well, no, it was a fun. No, it's a. It's, right, every enough. every World Cup, like, I've seen the pin badges for many many years of men's and World Cups, men's and women's World Cups, and that you get those lovely little ena- enamel badges, yeah, and it's yeah. you know, happens Brilliant. every single one. Yeah. But not this time, apparently. Well, that that was the mistake I made. What I what I saw, I thought it was a a, a local image that was, and it was copyright free on Google. Uh, anyway, that me posting that with our question, should we host and go again with the World Cup daily? So the image you posted was a pirated version of a ripped off version of a something. Yeah, but it said it was, it was the copyright was fine with it, and it was really pretty, and it talked about the world the problem was we're not being problem was the problem was no we're not the problem was we were ridiculed by the FIH um, they got very personal actually I haven't heard them uh, they got personal no no they haven't used the term I on that on the Twitter feed for months and months and months so there's there's an individual an individual behind behind that tweet I don't know is the new I know we're a team when it comes to Twitter uh, is Is Nicholas is Nicholas been given the keys to the Lamborghini? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was lovely that they highlighted that we used the incorrect image. Um, obviously, they can't order us to take it down with DMCA because uh, it's not theirs. <laughs> and it had Hero as the sponsors of the World happened? Cup. Is it had Hero as the sponsors of the World Cup. Now, of course, Hero, incredible supporters of FIH. Incredible supporters of Hockey India. We love you, Hero. Happy to drive one of your vehicles. Just send it over. Um. <laughs> Where's that sound effect? Cha-ching, cha-ching. No. Take the money and run. Yeah, woohoo. Let's go back to this, your admission here. Oh, but I put here, I, this, the image had Hero on it. So anyway, the FIH came back to us and said, I think, you know, where did you find that? Oh, if you'd looked at the correct handles and posts, then you wouldn't have made that mistake. I'm sorry, we're very busy, we're volunteers, we're trying to do our best for the game, and we thank you so much, our listeners out there that came back and made a few comments uh, in response. Um, yeah, we're just trying to do our best. Huh? Were you bad? See, I can't keep up with all this Twitter stuff. So I noticed that there was something when they, they questioned you about something or other. I, and then I, you know. It's just lovely to get a response from the FIH, John. You know that we love our game. We love the FIH. And FIH, we know that you love our game just as much as we do. Now, you've got to keep talking them up because I'm going to send them an email this week asking if I can use some audio from the World Cup coverage in our pod, daily podcast updates. So well, we've got a few nice ideas. Yeah, we've got a few ideas. To th- I've had an interesting week. I've met with turf suppliers this week. I've been speaking with people all over the world with uh, regard to some really exciting projects that we've got and coming up. And you're not prepared to drop their name after all of that. No, no, no. no. Oh, oh, just no watch, okay. watch, watch this space. Um, what else we got, John? The Hook. Nice little tweet yesterday. Uh, you go to the England Hockey... Wait a sec. Wait, wait, wait. You know what section that falls under? <laughs> the Hook. And his brother. And his brother, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I I I love it when people find something funny and think that that we're it's it's worth tagging us in on on Twitter. Okay. Um, it's um it's very humbling and and uh, thank you to Stephen from the Hook Hockey, the fantastic Irish hockey site that brings you all you need to know about. What's and thanks going to on Stephen Hook for all his fantastic work. And Stephen Hook, yes. Um, he clicked on the hashtag the Pride. Um. 
hashtag. <laughs> How do you say? It's just rubbish, isn't it? Hashtag. And then you explain that it was a hashtag. Obviously, it was a hashtag. He clicked on hashtag the pride. And, uh, <laughs> in relation to England's, ho- England hockey's campaign, uh, going towards the Edition Men's World Cup in Bhubaneswar. And, uh, what pops up straight away, John? Five Finger Death Punch. Do you know who Five Finger Death Punch are? I can imagine it's, um, loud and fast and metal and a band. They're American rockers, John. They are rockers of the highest order. Um, what's quite interesting, though, is I uh, looked at the band profile, and they've got a, boat, a bloke in there called Jason Hook. Oh, that would be Stephen's brother. Well, this is it. I, I proposed that on Twitter, and uh, Stephen said, uh, it's my brother. Small world. There you yes. go. Well, I have to be. Incredible. Well, I'm Bruce Lee's cousin, so I know how these familial relations work. Last year, we had two blokes called John Lee playing in the same team. How bloody confusing is that? The best bit was when they said, how well, the other one was well, John Ernest Lee was yeah. uh, the other one, and he was the Chinese-looking one. He was. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> it was good at the time. Uh, what else have we got in the feedback stuff? Oh, something Sadar said. Oh, this really, it didn't intrigue me. I just thought spot on Sadar. I think we might need to rename our segments because we, we're, we're good with breaking it all up, but then we just talk about all sorts of yeah, rubbish in between. At the same time. Just, uh, we'll just call it more crap. Yeah. Um, a lot of players get carried away seeing a passionate crowd and tend to show off personal skills. The focus should be more on passing the ball and playing simple, basic hockey. Now, that's a quote, allegedly, from Siddhar Singh that appeared on a tweet from Dragflick today, uh-huh. Dragflick World, so I'm pretty sure he probably said it. Um, great quote because that is the pressure on the Indian team. And we saw exactly that happening to the English women's team at the World Cup. We saw it happen to the uh, English men's team at the um, Commonwealth Games. Uh We've seen it happen to the Indian team a lot of times. But what it is is trying to win the game off your own stick. And that's what Siddhar's talking about that. And we've talked about this before in um, in the show. And it is India's biggest threat potentially for them apart from the fact that other teams are really good and capable of beating them it is India's biggest threat teams win games mate teams win games and it's interesting to hear that kind of philosophy coming out of Sada when we also heard in the past week or so that he's he's maybe looking towards uh, a coaching career in Europe and there's some opportunities to explore there Um, yeah some sage words it's you know, we, we've spoken about his lack of pace and uh, maybe that being the reason behind him not being in the squad at the moment. Of course, David John, the high performance director, is um, is all about fitness uh, there. Uh, I don't think his fitness was ever in question, but maybe his pace was a little bit. Should he be Should he be there at the home World Cup? Uh, depends what you're in. What your intentions are going into the home World Cup if it's to well, win you want it. to win it, don't you? Uh, I would probably say no. If if India expected that the the best they could do was reach a semi final, then I would probably think uh, yes, he should be there. A couple of big omissions there as well with Rupinder, uh, Pal Singh not in there, and SV Sunil. Yeah, I'm, I'm led to believe Rupinder's been carrying an injury for a very very long time, and this injury has finally caught up with him, and it was an injury that. Perhaps if uh, he had been 
had treated earlier at the time, um, he would be right up there and fully recovered and back fully in the swing of things. But because he felt the pressure to continue playing, because when you it appears as when you're out of the Indian oh, team, you're throat. out. Yeah, it's cut and, and they don't they don't have a situation in in Europe or in Australia like us or in England or where that have Argentina they have good strong hockey club leagues going yep. where they can come back they can get a lot of games under their belt they, they there's some, you know the Indian team's chosen off a few very few games every year in in reality whereas you know you can have a consistent season being having been a former representative in clubland play some state hockey or whatever it may be uh, representative hockey and then recognize that you're actually back in form and that you're ready to go again you are an international grade player uh, just, mate, even the last 18 months of that, that international trial yeah. of, of particularly for the Asian teams it's been incredible if you're a Commonwealth country and involved in Asian games and Asian Champions Trophy and everything else it's been a big 12 months 18 uh, months yeah it's just you know, what you're getting I don't know 50, 60 games under your belt yeah there's a high rate of attrition yeah but they're not a lot of the time getting anything in between that so it's not like no, no, they're not going to a club. It's it's yeah, a yeah, it's yeah. a it's a uh, a month off, and Bangs then it's back into a training. It's into a training camp, and um, and I think sometimes yeah. with players they need continuity, and and once that continuity exists, you don't have to put as much into them physically wise. You know, they're just rolling. You know what it's like as a player, even in our amateur level of what. Once you get into that role of week by week hockey, you, d- you develop. Oh that. yeah, but there's also guys that play at the top end of the game. That, uh, look, we talked about Elena Tice um, uh, pl- playing for Ireland in the World Cup, going yeah. going over to New Zealand, coming to Australia. There's guys that are uh, in Europe, uh, men I'm thinking of at the moment, like Ashley Jackson. He's uh, it's season break in the Netherlands. So he's he's signed for Old Georgians. Old Georgians, if if you want to sponsor a podcast, get in touch with maybe the uh, Old Georgians goal of the day at the uh, um, Hockey World Cup and the World Cup Daily, John. Well, let's um, put it out there for the World Cup Daily. If you what would, a pickup for them, by the way. If you would like to um, spend some money on some hockey-related type sponsorship. We, we're gonna, we can do segments in the hockey. We can do the goal of the day. We can name it after your stick business or pad business or financial advisors or whatever. We can come up with all sorts of arrangements because we're going to have to start making money out of this so that we can do the Olympic daily. Otherwise, we're down the tube, my friend. Yeah, we are. And uh, I, I value my marriage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I love my kids. You know, I really well, love my kids. I gorgeous. really love my kids. Maybe we'd maybe we do a Patreon or something, John. But no, it'd be much better if we got a great hockey brand on board, wouldn't it? To, it uh, well. to aid us, spread the word and spread the love of the global Hockey. I'm, I'm prepared to settle for dodgy hockey brand at this moment. I don't know. All right, bet 365, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, thanks again for your company. There's so much more we could be talking about. There's so much more that's going on in the world of hockey. Enjoy the Ladies' Champions Trophy. It will be on um, the FIH website because I know the commentator's there and ready to go. Uh, yep, it, some of it will be appearing uh, uh, on our screens in Australia. Some of it will just be online in Australia. Hopefully, you'll get to view it uh, equitably wherever you are in the world. Take it easy, mate. Looking forward to it. See you, mate. See you next week. And you.
well, mate. That has a total record time of one hour and fifty-two minutes thirty seconds. How much? How? What, what's what's your book on the uh, what it ends up at? Um. Oh shit! This is going to be a quick one. Just the no, one interview. You said forty-five uh, minutes. Uh, one twenty. <laughs> <laughs>